Hey guys, welcome to Faithbrook Church. If we haven't met yet, my name is Mike. I serve as a Connections Pastor here on staff. Well, it is so, so good that we can be here worshiping both online and on site as well. Well, today we have a great service. In fact, we are continuing our series called Superpower and we're gonna hear a great message from our pastor, Peggy. But before we get there, I just wanted to say, if you are a guest with us this morning, I especially want to welcome you. In fact, I want to thank you for taking time to join in. And if you would, would you reach in that seat back in front of you, grab a blue connection card, take a few moments, fill it out. And at the end of the service, you could drop it off in one of the giving boxes as you leave. You can also go to faithbrook.church forward slash guest and fill out a connection card there as well. Now for every connection card that we receive, we make a donation to Cross Food Shelf. And this is just a small way in which we hope to make a big impact within our community. In fact, this year we have already slated to donate over $200. So thank you for those connection card submissions. Second, I would love to follow up with you and thank you for joining in. So I look forward to connecting with you. Well, this time I wanted to take a moment to say a big thank you to all of you who give towards our mission and vision here at Faithbrook. You see, without you, we could not push the mission and vision forward to be able to lead people in a new and thriving life in Christ. In fact, because of your generosity, this year we have seen over 160 adults sign up for groups. And groups around here are such a big deal because those are the main ways in which we can see people not only connect with one another, but also connect with God. And because of your generosity, we're seeing people grow in their faith and make great friendships as well. So thank you so much for your generosity and seeing that we can push our mission forward, even to love God, to love people in a journey together. Now, if you're sitting there and maybe you're not yet giving towards a mission and vision around here, but yet maybe you're feeling compelled to, the best way to do so is through our Church Center app. You can download it in the App Store. It takes just a few moments to set up. And once you do, you just go down to the bottom of your screen and tap on Give, and just follow the prompts to give as much as you would like to. Thank you again so much for all you do and for your generosity, because without you, we definitely could not live out our mission and vision. Well, at this time, as we continue in worship this morning, and we hear a message. Let's welcome Pastor Peggy. His older brothers had all gone off to war. They were at the battlefield, and he was too young to go, so he was left behind being the shepherd, taking care of his father's sheep. And then one day, Dad said, David, I want you to go check out this battlefield. I want you to go check on your brothers, see how they're doing, see what's happening. And so David gladly went, so excited to get close to the battleground, check out this battle. And as he got there, this big giant of a man from the enemy camp came out and challenged the army of Israel. He mocked the God of Israel. And all these soldiers, including his big brothers, just sat there. They did nothing. And so David decided, I can do this. You know, these guys don't want to go fight this guy. I will. And so he went to King Saul and he said, Saul, I'm your man. I'm going to go and I'm going to take on this giant. I'm going to defeat him for the God of Israel. And so Saul took David up on his challenge. Well, Good morning, I'm Pastor Peggy. It's good to see you all here. And for those of you who are online today, it's great to have you worshiping with us as well. Uh, we're in a series on our superpower, the power of prayer. This is the second week in that series. 
And I guess I've been asked to speak because I'm the pastor for prayer. So it fits in with what we're talking about today. But, you know, Saul looked at David. And he said, what do you mean you're my man? You're a kid. David said, I don't care. I love my God, I love my nation, and I'm going to take on this giant. So Saul suited him up, put on his helmet, put his breastplate on him, he gave him his shield, he handed him his sword, and David just kind of stood there in this stuff. Now we have to remember that Saul is a 52 long and David's probably a 36 regular. He couldn't move in all this stuff. And so he took it all off and he told Saul, I'm comfortable with my slingshot and a few rocks. And so as he went out to meet this giant, he took his slingshot out and he gathered a few rocks from the creek bed. Well, Goliath had a disadvantage because he wasn't familiar with David's tools. But David was very comfortable, very aware of how these tools worked. You see, he'd been sitting out in the fields with his sheep, practicing on this slingshot, practicing over and over until he had it mastered. He'd killed bears with it. He'd killed lions with it. David was very familiar with the tools he was taking to battle. Goliath was surprised by all of this, and he didn't even see that 100-mile-per-hour fast rock coming at him. And David slew Goliath. Well, in in the book of Ephesians, um, Paul tells us to be strong in the Lord and to put on the full armor of God and stand against our enemy. He puts it this way. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, and you see evil in our world today, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then. I think Paul's telling us to stand. Take a stand and stand there. He says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Suit up. Get dressed. Put on your armor. And so, okay, I've got it all on. I've got the shoes. I got the helmet. Got the breastplate. I got the shield. I got the sword. Where's the battle? Point me in the right direction. I'm ready to go. And then Paul says, pray. Pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying. You see, prayer is not preparing for the battle. Prayer is the battle. It's where the battle is fought. It's where the battle is won. And like David, if we want to win the war, if we want to win the battle, we have to go in prepared, using tools and implements that we're comfortable with, that we're familiar with, that we're practiced up on. There's no time for a remedial course. And so we take what we're comfortable with and we go to battle. You know, we're also going to battle with an enemy that we can't see. Just before we get to this verse about the armor, we're told that our battle is not with flesh and blood, but it's with the powers of this dark world. And the Apostle Peter, in his epistle in the New Testament, also tells us that we have an enemy 
who's prowling around wanting to devour us, seeking who he can devour. You know, we don't talk much about Satan, the devil. Uh, We don't talk about the evil and the role that he plays in the world very often. But he's real. And as we look around the world today, since February, we've seen evil in Ukraine, the destruction of lives and people and land, pure evil at work. Last week, here in the U.S., we saw evil raise its ugly head in Texas. It's all around us. And in each of our individual lives, Satan is trying to devour us. He'll do anything he can to come against us as we try to live out our lives for Christ. So we need to be alert. We need to be watchful. We need to be prayerful. And we need to be able to use tools and implements against him that we're comfortable with, we're familiar with. And so prayer needs to be familiar to us. We need to be comfortable with it. We need to understand it. We need to be ready to implement it at any time, to fight our battles, to win the war. And so today, I want us to take a look at prayer and the practicalities that go with it. Um, How we might use it to make our prayer lives more intimate, more relevant, more strategic. Now, if you're not currently in the habit of prayer, I want to encourage you this morning to start a new habit. Now, they say it takes 40 days to really start a new habit and get it implemented. So I'm going to challenge you over the next 40 days to begin a new habit of prayer. If you're already praying, I'm going to challenge you for the next 40 days to go deeper than you've ever gone before, to really take this prayer, the superpower we have, and unleash it. So what is prayer? Prayer is simply communicating with God. Um, Now, it may not seem simple to you. It might seem intimidating. It might even seem overwhelming. And you might say, it takes time that I don't have. But prayer's not some little church ritual that the old people do. You know, and sometimes that's kind of who does the praying in the church. But it's something that all of us need to become familiar with, become comfortable with, and get in the habit of doing. Um, God has chosen prayer as the means that he can use to partner with him. We partner with him, and through prayer, we can have an eternal impact on what goes on in the world around us today. You can pray anytime. You're never out of range of the signal tower. He's always available to you. And Priscilla Shire describes prayer this way. She says, prayer is the portal that brings the power of heaven down to earth. It's our superpower. And it's unleashed from heaven when we pray. It's the portal that brings the power of heaven down to earth. Now, we can all use that power, can't we? There are days when we wish we had that power, and it's available to us. Prayer is how we tap into the power of God and gain strength in our weaknesses. It's the way we tap into God to work in our lives in ways that we can't do on our own. 
You know, prayer is a conversation with your father. You know, how many of you have had conversations with your father on this earth? And when we sit down in prayer with our heavenly father, we're opening up our heart to him. But we're also allowing him to open his heart and share it with us. And people will tell me, well, I just don't know how to pray. Well, the way to learn to pray is to pray. Or to get yourself engaged with other people who do pray and learn from them. But you, know, you don't need $10 words. It's just a simple conversation with your Abba, your daddy. What he wants from you is honesty, transparency, vulnerability, and interacting with him reverently and sincerely. Now, I, I came across a verse in Psalm 116 several years ago, and it just, it kind of jumped out at me, and I'm sure I've read it a hundred times, but it jumped out at me this day, and it says, because he has inclined his ear to me, therefore I shall call upon him as long as I live. And I got stuck on this word, inclined. What does that mean when he says, he has inclined his ear to me? You know, we think inclined while you go lie down somewhere, but inclined means he's leaning forward. He's getting as close as he can. He wants to hear every word we say. He's uptight. He's really close. Um, you know, and those of you who are parents, you know, you've had children that have cried out to you. And what do you do when they come and they're crying and they need you? You get eye level with them. You lean in close. You grab a hold of them. You hug them tight. And you listen closely because even if they can't express what's in their heart, you understand what they're saying. You get it because you lean in close. And that's prayer. It's getting face time with our Father. He's not distracted. He doesn't take his focus off of us. He pays attention to what we're saying. And the, the key thing is here that we don't have to wait for an invitation. We just walk on in. He says, come anytime. No appointment necessary. Come boldly before his throne. And so we're encouraged. Well, I would say, actually, we're commanded to ask, to seek, and to knock. We're commanded to come to him. You know, and when we think about what prayer is and what it can accomplish, why do people not pray? It's our superpower. Um, it's the source and the connection to the God of the universe that's available to every one of us. You know, and so many people believe in the power of prayer, but they don't pray. They may say they don't know how, but let's change that today. Now, many of you here this morning, I know you, you have very effective prayer lives. You're all over it. You get it. You're deep into prayer. But I would venture to say that there are some people here this morning who don't have that effective prayer life. You don't pray regularly. And there may be people here this morning who could say, well, I really never have prayed. I'm not sure what it's about, how to do it. You know, and, or you might say, well, when I'm in a crisis, I pray a real quick little prayer. Well, praying to find a spot to park in the mall isn't quite what we're talking about here. I've prayed that prayer. <laughs> sometimes I found the spot, sometimes I didn't. 
but we're really talking about getting serious with God. Um, you know, people take the position where they say, that, why do I need to pray? God knows everything anyway, right? He knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He's got it all figured out. He knows, so why do I pray? It's no mystery to him. But it's a big deal to God. And if it's a big deal to God, it needs to be a big deal for us. And when we prioritize prayer, we are prioritizing God in our lives. And that is critical if we're going to walk with Jesus. You know, he wants to engage you. He wants to hear from you. You know, those of you who are parents, you know, think about when your child, your son or your daughter, really messed up. Or they did something extremely honorable, and you found out about it from someone else. Wouldn't you have rather had your child come and sit down with you and talk it through, figure out the ins and outs, go over the consequences, be able to praise them for the good that they've done, help them steer their life in a new direction where that won't happen again? You know, and that's our God. He wants us to come and sit down with him and talk it through. Let him speak into our lives. And when we pray, it begins to build intimacy with God. It builds up our faith, and it changes us. Um, you know, and as we pray, you know, God is going to reveal who he is. And through that, he will reveal to us what his will for us is. And as we begin to change our will to align with his will, we change as people. We are transformed. And the more time we spend with him, the more like him we will become. We take on his heart and his will for our life. The more we get to know him, the more we will know his will for our life. Um, Richard Foster is a noted theologian some of you may have read some of his book, but he has written extensively on the disciplines of the Christian life. And this is what he says about prayer. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. Let's read that one more time. Prayer is the central avenue God uses to transform us. If we are unwilling to change, we will abandon prayer as a noticeable characteristic of our lives. You see, you don't pray to inform God of what we need. He doesn't do anything because we pray. He's chosen to work through us in creation. He's, he's chosen to use humans to make a difference in the world. He delights in being trusted by his children. He wants us to come to him. And so when we do, prayer brings us into a deeper fellowship with him, and it changes us. He allows us to be involved in activities that are going to make an eternal difference in this world, changing us. Now, there's another reason why we pray, and that reason is that it brings glory to God. You know, Last week, Pastor Jim talked about praying big prayers. Um, and we all know what those are, those prayers that, but for God intervening, it wouldn't have happened. They're prayers that are far beyond our capacity to make it happen, far beyond what we can do in our own strength. 
And when we pray those big prayers and we see results, God gets the glory. And we've seen those kind of prayers in our congregation. We've had cases in the last year, the last few months, where people have been healed miraculously. And we give glory to God. You know, this building that we're sitting in today, several years ago, many of us began to pray those big prayers. We wouldn't be here today but for God and the way he orchestrated everything that had to happen to bring this together. Those are the big prayers that we pray. And so we give God the glory that we can come to this worship place and worship him together. You know, and when God begins to answer our prayers, he begins to reveal a little bit of who he is. You know, what are the characteristics of God we see acting in our life as he answers those big prayers? Provider, sustainer, all of the characteristics of God pour it at us and we begin to know him better. And then when God answers those prayers, we brag on him. We can tell people, here's what God did in my life this week. Here's what he's doing in my life right now. Here's what I'm expecting from him in the future. So what do we learn about the importance of prayer from scriptures? We always want to go back to scripture. And in the scriptures, we learn that it was the lifestyle of Christ. Now, if Jesus needed to pray, I need to pray. We all need to pray. I mean, Jesus was one with the Father, and he still found it necessary to pray. You know, in several places in the Gospels, we'll read where Jesus went out to a lonely place, and he prayed. You know, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he fell on his face, and he prayed. And then in John 17, he prays this high priestly prayer over his disciples, he prays for those disciples present in the room with him and for all of those disciples who are coming. And so if you want Jesus praying over you, hear what he has to say. Go back and read John 17. It's a prayer for you as one of his disciples. Scripture also teaches us that the disciples prayed. You know, they asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. And when he did, we've got the Lord's Prayer as a model for how we might pray. But you look at the early church in the book of Acts. The first six chapters are full of evidence that the disciples prayed. They were faithful in prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And that word devoted that's used there means that they insisted on it. They were clinging to it. They were steadfast in prayer. They were loyal in prayer. And in Acts 6, 4, it says they gave attention to prayer. Prayer was important to the early church. It's what stimulated all the growth. It's what kept them going. It's what changed people's lives. So is prayer optional? No, it's not. Prayer is essential. You know, when, when Jesus said to pray, he didn't say, if you pray, he said, when you pray. There was an expectation there that these people were going to pray. And then he said, this is how you should pray. When asked the question, teach us to pray. And then in Luke 18, he makes a statement that says, always pray and never give up. You know, how many times have we been praying for something 
and it just seems like God doesn't answer or the answer is no. And after a few days or maybe a couple weeks, we put that prayer request aside and we just give up. But Jesus says, keep at me. Don't ever give up. Keep praying those prayers. And then the, the Apostle Paul in Romans says to be faithful in prayer. In Colossians, he says, devote yourself to prayer. So if prayer isn't essential, then we need to know how to do it. Uh, what's the secret to an effective, relevant, intimate prayer life with Christ, with God? We need to know how to pray specifically, strategically. We need to know how to pray within the concept of biblical truths, knowing what's right for our lives. And there are, there are a lot of tools available to you that you can use. Um, you know, the scriptures are a great place to go. Read through the Psalms. They're prayers. And about any emotion, any situation you can think of, there's a psalm that you can pray. If you go back to Paul's letters to the churches, there are prayers throughout those letters, Paul's epistles, we call them. You can pray those prayers. How great would it be to pray God's words back to him? It works. You know, so you can find prayers there and begin to model your prayer after those. You know, there are devotional books that you can, you can buy. They usually give you a verse of scripture and maybe some devotional thoughts about that scripture and then a prayer that's related to that concept, that thought. You can download the YouVersion app on your phone and there are devotionals out there and top, that are topical. There's even some on prayer that you can go to and follow along with those every day. And those tools will help you learn to pray. But my, my personal belief, what I feel strongest about is that when it comes to prayer, I think God wants to hear from my heart, not from somebody else's heart and thoughts. And so I want to pray my thoughts to God. I want to sit with him and share my life, my feeling, my heart, and listen for him to share his heart with me. So what do you pray? Where do you start? I want to suggest an, a little acrostic for you to follow based on the word pray. And so as you think about the word pray, the, the P stands for praise. You, know, you start out your prayer by praising God. What's praise? It's adoration. It's thankfulness. It's gratefulness. What's he doing in my life that I can praise him for today? Describe how, what he's been to you today, what he's been to you this week. How is he working in your life? Has he been your rock, your sustainer, your shepherd? What's he been to you? You know, what, what I've done, I've gone through the alphabet. And for every letter of the alphabet, I've written out at least one descriptor of God and Jesus or the Spirit, who they are. How would I praise them? What's their character? And so then when I pray, I can just quickly think, what's the words I need? Where do I go through this list and find out what God has meant to me this week? You know, some people pick a word of the year that they're going to cling on to, and it's going to be their prayer. And from that list, I can find my word of the year. You know, it might be helper. You know, it might be... Uh, sustainer, it might be my counselor, my shepherd, whatever it is that you want to cling to, you can find that word there. Now, <clears throat> you might want to just sit, 
Sing some praise songs to him. That can be a prayer. You know, there are so many beautiful prayers through music. Now, when I'm at home alone, I can sing. I can't carry a tune, so I can't sing when I'm with other people. But I can listen to praise music when I'm with other people. And you know, when you think about the words of some of those praise songs, they're beautiful prayers to Jesus. And we can pray those to him. And as you praise him and you think about who he is and you get to know his character, you draw closer to him. And as you pray for him to share his will and his heart with you, you become more like him. You begin to take on some of those characteristics as you work with other people in the world. And I've come to know that as I pray and as I praise him and I think about who he is and his character, that I could become calmer. My worries, my fears, anxieties, you lay them all at his feet and you know he's got them because he loves you, because he cares about you. So as you begin to focus on his character, you'll get to know his heart. Now the R here stands for repent. You know, as we come to God in prayer, we want to make sure our hearts are clear, that there's nothing between him and us that would keep us from having that open line of communication with him. It's a time of confession. You know, bring anything that's in your heart or in your life that you're concerned about, you come and you lay it at his feet. You surrender it to him. You know, and even if there's nothing that you can think of, all, my heart's clear, all is well. I like to go to King David in Psalm 139 and pray this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, search my heart with me. Is there anything between me and you, something I don't even realize, what's there? How's my attitude been? Check my attitude out this week. You know, is there luggage and baggage that I'm carrying with me? Anything that I need to let go of? Just clear your heart with God. And when we get serious with God, we get serious about our relationship with him. Get serious about prayer, you get serious about your relationship. Clean it up between you and God. You know, and as you pray that prayer, search me, O God, it's amazing what he'll expose. It might just be something small, but when you think about it, it's more than just a mustard seed. It's a tree, and it's getting in the way of a relationship with somebody else. You know, and this is the place where we go to in the Lord's Prayer that says, forgive me to the same extent I've forgiven others. You know, is there somebody in your life that you haven't forgiven, that you're holding a grudge against? That's part of cleaning up that relationship between you and God. Um, what are you holding on to? Um, you know, and, and I believe that we can live a life of holiness which means we don't have to sin every day, that we can live above sin. And that life of holiness happens as we surrender more and more every day to God, allowing him to lead us, allowing him to show us in our lives where he wants us to go. It's a process of spiritual maturing over time, and we get there through prayer. Now, we also have a mediator with God, in the person of Christ. He's our mediator 
between us and God. And he's always whispering in God's ear about us. You know, I, I think, you know, I, I see him, I just picture him standing there saying, you know, she's praying about this, and God, I know where she's coming from. I've been there. Here's what I think, you know, can we just work this out today? You know, he's interceding on our behalf. And that brings us to the letter A, which is the ask. And so this is a part of prayer where we live in, don't we? You know, we can go park in ask and spend all our life there. But if we've forgotten about the praise and we've forgotten about the repent, the ask list might even get longer. But we, we can live in ask for a long time. Um, and these are the requests we have, the things you bring to God, the things you want him to do in your life or in the life of someone else. You know, and Jesus tells us to come and to ask, to seek, to knock. He wants us there. He wants us bringing our requests, and he assures us that he's going to answer us. We've been invited. Come and ask. Come boldly. God's got an open door policy. He says, just walk right in. You know, I think some of you are too young to remember this, but I can remember when John F. Kennedy was president and the pictures we used to see of little John John under his desk in the Oval Office. And that's our God. Come on in. Just come get close to me. I want to spend time with you. You know, I'm not too busy. I'm never too busy for you. Just come on in. And he's expecting you. So come boldly to the throne. You know, and there are different types of asking prayer. You know, Pastor Jim talked last week about praying for ourselves. We do a lot of that, praying for our own needs, the things that are going on in our life. We bring them to God. They might be physical. It might be emotional, relational, financial, whatever it is. God wants to hear about it. He also talked about praying for others, and that's what we call intercessory prayer. It's when we stand in the gap for someone else, someone that might not be strong enough to stand there themselves, or we know something's going on in somebody's lives, and we just want to intercede. We want to begin to pray for them. You know, and if you tell someone you're going to pray for them, you need to make sure you pray for them. You've made a commitment and they're counting on that commitment. So we pray for people. And that's where our prayer partners come in in our congregation. We have 40 people who are intercessors, and they stand in the gap for you. You know, and we need, every generation needs a group of intercessors to be raising up young people who are willing to stand in the gap and to pray. And so this morning, I'd encourage you, even if you're young, no matter what age you are, if you want to be a part of our intercessory prayer group, just let me know. Give me your email address, and I'll add you to that list. You know, and, and these intercessors, they pray for people who don't know Jesus. They're praying for some of your family members who don't know Jesus, that they would come to know them. They're praying for the physical needs and for healing of people. They're praying for someone to overcome addiction. They're praying for someone whose marriage needs to be renewed, repaired. They're praying uh, for relationships that need to be mended to find unity. They pray for our country, for our community, for our church. They're involved in praying, stepping in to the gap for other people. You know, standing in the gap, persistently crying out to God to work in the life of someone else. You know, and God may place situations on your heart. You know, he may, you may have a need this morning that you need to have somebody praying about. 
You know, if you take one of those connection cards out of, uh, in front of you and fill that out and drop it in one of the offering boxes on the way out, we'll get that message and we'll pray for you. And if you're watching online, just contact us on the website and we'll begin to pray for you. We'll stand in the gap and bring your needs to our Heavenly Father. Now, the why is one of the most important parts of praying. And the why stands for yield. That's the key. Whatever God is asking of me, I will yield to his will. Whatever he's taught me through this time of prayer, yes, Lord, yes. I will do your will. And as we learn to yield, we will mature in our relationship with Christ. We'll become more like him. We'll begin to take on his characteristics. We have to respond to the prayers we pray and what he's teaching us as he shares his heart and his will with us. Now, that may seem like a whole lot of overwhelming stuff for you this morning, particularly if you're not in the habit of praying. Um, and you might say, well, that's very overwhelming, and it's certainly going to take a lot of time that I don't have. Well, I would encourage you to take one of those letters a day and just pray through it over four days. Start today with praise. Tomorrow, repent. Then you ask, then you yield. Or some of you may want to do the ask every day, but don't forget the praise, the repent, and the yield. Work those in along with it. Um, so begin a new habit. That's the key. If you're not in the habit of praying, begin a new habit of prayer. If you are in the habit of praying, then let's go deep. Let's go really deep with Christ. Now, I use a prayer journal. It helps me to focus. Now, I can also go back and see where God has been so great where he's answered so many prayers miraculously. And that builds up my faith. And it helps to change me, helps me to become more committed as a faithful prayer warrior. You know, one thing that's very helpful is to find a consistent time if you can. Now, I know some of you have very busy schedules that change, they're not consistent, but find a consistent time if you can. And find a consistent spot whether it's a room or it's a chair, I have a prayer chair I go to, the same chair every day, every time I pray, I go to that chair. Be consistent about it if you can. And then I, I write myself little notes, little sticky notes, and might put it on the rearview mirror of my car for something that I'm really concerned about. Every time I see that little note, I pray a quick little prayer about that need. Now, I know some of you are much younger than I am, and you do your sticky notes in your phone. It's okay to do them there, too. You know, when you're sitting waiting somewhere, instead of doing word games, you could pull up your notes on prayer and just pray some quick little prayers. So whatever, it, whatever tools you can use to help make it easier for you to work those into your life, work them in. You see, like David, we need to practice the tools that we're going to take into battle. We have to be good at it. We have to be familiar. We have to be comfortable. And we have to be assured that we're going to strike the giant. You know, I'm sure when David first pulled out that slingshot, he missed quite a few times. He didn't always hit his target. And you won't either. But he practiced it. He kept at it. 
until he became proficient. And prayer is something that you can become proficient at. So my prayer for you is that you will learn to seek the face of God as well as to seek the hand of God. Um, It's so familiar and so easy to seek his hand. This is what I need. Our laundry list of things can get longer and longer. You know, help that person, help this person, meet this need, bless them, fix this, take care of that. That's looking for the hand of God. It's less familiar to spend time in prayer seeking the face of God, getting to know his character, getting to know his majesty, his awesomeness, his faithfulness to us, understanding how he wants to relate to us, listening for the spirit to speak into our lives. You know, there's that verse that says, be still and know that I am God. He wants to speak into our lives. We need to take the time to allow him to do that. And we do that through our prayer lives. So I want to encourage you this week, as you go from here, to think about how you can make a change in your prayer life. To go deeper, to begin to start, and make it a regular rhythm in your life. Not an add-on, something we find time for, but to find a regular rhythm where you can sit and pray. Let's stand as we go. I'll pray for you this morning. Father, we come today. We've been here today to worship you, to meet together with other believers, to strengthen ourselves in knowing who you are. I pray today that you will speak into each one of our lives, that you will help us to draw nearer to you, to begin to develop prayer in new ways than what we've done before, that it will become a weapon of war that we're familiar with. It's our superpower. And I pray, Lord, that you will unleash that superpower all over this earth, wherever we walk, wherever we go this weekend, for the next week, would you help us to become so familiar with that superpower that we will spend time in your presence. Go with us today as we walk into our world. Would you bless everyone that's here? Just pour your blessing into their life today. I pray in Jesus' name, amen.